Uh, hey, uh, everybody, welcome to the Connected uh, Podcast. Uh, I'm, my name is Anthony Williams. Uh, I am a former high school collegiate player and coach, uh, now involved with uh, many different a- aspects of uh, high school recruiting, uh, college football, um, a little bit of pro football, just helping kids develop. Uh, we are here to share information and, and entertainment uh, about the sport of football and about athletics in general. And um, we'll get into more of that and kind of why we got started here. But my background, like I said, football player, coach. I used football to get my degree uh, in engineering, got my MBA, um, you know, coached for a while. When I had kids, started to uh, coach them. And then uh, I work in technology, so I wanted to get, get into a te- techno- the technology platform. And that's what came to this, this company called Connected. But we'll get to that here later on in the podcast. I want to introduce uh, our other members and co-founders of Connected Athletics. Uh, I'm going to start with Chris Vaughn. Uh, Chris Vaughn is, is one of our uh, co-founders, and I'll let him introduce himself. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, Chris Vaughn, uh, I guess we can all say former college football player mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah. uh, former college coach for almost 20 years, and now I work in NFL personnel. But, uh, you know, this platform is something that's very important uh, to me because of the outreach we can have for young people and, and helping them kind of guide their way through the recruiting process through college and then after college. So um, really excited to be part of this group and, and, and what we're doing here. Great. Aaron? What's going on, y'all? Aaron Williams, former Texas Longhorn, DB, mm. three years, mm. got out of there, um, pursued my passion and uh, to be a pro. Got drafted by Buffalo Bills second round in 2011, 34th overall. Played six years with them, and now I'm living life. and want to pass on the knowledge uh, that I've gathered through my high school, college, and professional queer career and watch these kids grow and, you know, fulfill their dreams that I, like I fulfilled mine and teach them the path and the do's and don'ts. Because mm. I know you, we all have our, yes. we, 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 well, I don't want you to do what I did moments. So yeah. that's what we're here for. I can't, can't wait to start the discussion. We have a lot of hot topics and a lot of great um, helps and tips, but before we do that, let's get into Brad, <sighs> Mr. Brad Smith himself, yes. <sighs> Mizzou uh, legend, come slash, come on, and don't be humble, say. let these people know, like, oh, who you yeah. are, bro, man, I don't know, I don't know, no other know. Way, man. I don't know no other way, <laughs> all right, I'm Brad Smith, I'm probably the youngest of everybody at the table, stop lying, I'm the youngest, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> so let well, you act, that. you act older than me, um, <laughs> Brad Smith, former University of Missouri Tiger, um, yeah, the real Tigers. <laughs> and, yeah, played there for four years, played quarterback, started there for four years. Did you just call yourself the real Tigers? Is that a shot to LSU? I'm not talking about like LSU. It. It's oh, nothing I'm about just LSU. Wondering, just wondering. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, kind of sounds like wondering. a shot to LSU. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Go pride ahead. in my own school, whatever. <laughs> okay. A longhorn cow. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, I got respect for him. I got love. I like, I like most longhorns. But, um. Yeah, went to Mizzou, played there for four years, got drafted by the Jets in the fourth round. Uh, I don't remember what pick. Played for the Jets, Bills, and Eagles for nine years. Um, started a foundation my second year in the league, my wife and I and our family, and we helped uh, inner city kids in camps, life skills classes, and um, any way <laughs> we can really help. We've outfitted sports teams. We've, you know, food for families um, who, are in, who are struggling. Uh, shoes, video games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we have a ton of people who really stepped in and supported us to do that. So that's been going on, you know, for 13, 13 years now. And we run some seven-on-seven seven as well, um, which you guys help us with. 
and uh, just just glad to be able to continue to try to pour into these these young men and women and help them achieve their dreams and especially after their playing career is yeah. over um, really helping them find a path for themselves yeah no it's a great segue one of the things that we want to get into now that you guys know who we are uh, is talking about uh, our company and what our focus is and how we think it's going to make an impact uh, with young student athletes um, connect athletics we are trying to build a social networking platform uh, that's going to allow student athletes of all sports and coaches to better connect to to, to create organic relationships so they can uh do a better job of, re of recruiting uh, on both sides so that coaches can uh, – Chris and I always talk about that coaching and recruiting is selling. And me being a business development guy, working in high tech, uh, I see that all the time. And, uh, you know, with, with, with student athletes and players not really understanding that business side of it, you know, they're just throwing stuff in the wall, hoping it sticks, hoping that somebody in Texas, Missouri is going to come after me. And uh, we want to help – we want to have our platform help them uh, understand what that process is how to maximize it, because we, as we all know, and you'll hear from, from Aaron and Brad, you only recruit it once. There is no mulligan. And so uh, we think our platform will inform them, entertain them, educate them, and empower them to not only maximize their recruiting, but also maximize their brand, which we're going to talk about. Uh, and if, if, there, if there are any NIL opportunities that come their way, they'll, they'll have a place to go to to get information on how to properly manage it. We'll talk about that. We just had a great session on that. Uh, and, and things like that. So that's really what we're about. We're here to kind of take the experiences of – Chris and I are kind of the old the OGs on this table, and we got the young guys here, and then we got some younger guys. But uh, I think all of our knowledge together will definitely be seen as a benefit to to student athletes who are, who are going through this. So uh, let's jump right in. I mean, guys, to me, I think recruiting right now. Uh, we just finished the 2022 season. Uh, we're right in the midst of what we call the spring and summer evaluation. We're in January. Kids are on junior day visits for the first time. Actually, yesterday, um, Chris, you know, you you mentioned your experience earlier. You know, coaching at many different levels. Um, Talk a little bit about where, if you're a junior right now and you're right in the crosshairs of recruiting, um, what, what's going on right now from a coaching standpoint so these players and families who are here and can kind of go, well, I know what my son wants, but what are college coaches really looking for in a junior prospect, a class of 24 player right now? Right. Well, uh, and, and I'm going to jump right into that. But something that you said that was really, really important, you know, you talked about selling, you know, recruiting selling. And because of social media, uh, because of our platform, what we're trying to do, it works both ways now. It used to be selling one way, right? Mm -hmm. So it was the college selling to the players to decide to, you know, to, to come to their school. But now because of technology and social media and platforms, yeah. now players can sell themselves, right? Yeah. So it's a two-way street now. Uh, and, and I think that's where uh, Connected Athletics is going to uh, help a lot of student athletes uh, with that. But, you know, right now for a junior, an underclassman, um, you know, those guys are working. The coaching staffs out there are, you know, watching tape. Uh, and depending on what level you're recruiting from, you know, the, 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 the power five guys, they pretty much already have an idea of, mm -hmm. of who they're after already, which is, which, is, which is crazy, which tells you a lot about recruiting, right? Like you need to have a big sophomore year to get on the radar as a junior yep. at the big power five uh, programs. Um, you know, that always helps um, to, to get your recruiting started that way. So, so the college, you know, the, the, the coaches are trying to go all the top sophomores you know, get them on, on campus as, you know, as they become juniors, start that relationship early. Mm -hmm. uh, for guys that, you know, that's not the trick for everybody. You know, so the, ma the majority of high school players are just kind of coming into their own after their sophomore year. Mm -hmm. uh, for those guys, you know, they're trying to get an invite. You know, if, if you're a height, weight, and speed guy, you might get an invite to some of the bigger uh, programs. You might not have shown on the field yet, but you've got, you know, power five uh, height, weight, and speed mm -hmm. traits already. 
So, you know, coaches will start looking at those guys trying to get them on campus, you know, hoping that potentially they hit, you know, some of those those marks as a player. Um, for, for, for the other guys, you know, for a, a, a FCS program or, or a Division II program, you're out trying to still evaluate guys. You know, a lot of times things kind of trickle down, so you don't have to be in a hurry. You know, because you don't want to, you don't want to spin your wheels. You want to make sure that you're as as uh, targeted with your recruiting as mm -hmm. possible because of your recruiting budgets. Also, right, you can't recruit the world. So you don't, you know, if you're a Division II <coughs> school, you don't want to spend a lot of resources recruiting somebody that's going to end up going to University of Texas. Yeah. So you know, right now, that's kind of where 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 they yeah. are right now as far as coaches. No, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, we've got two young athletes here, young to us. Uh, who were recruited by Power 5 schools. You talked about Texas and Missouri earlier. I mean, uh, Aaron, we were talking a little bit about your experience. I mean, how I know things are different now than they were back when you got recruited, but tell us a little bit about your story and, and how recruiting turned out, what you learned and what you'd like to share with some of these athletes that are listening now. Um, I definitely can say that my or our recruiting process is definitely different from what it is today. Oh, man. We didn't have social media like, well, we did. It wasn't like that, though. It wasn't like that. It just started. Yeah. There was like the starting. Like MySpace. Yeah. yeah. Wow, MySpace. MySpace. That's going way yeah. back. No, um, way back. So during my, during my recruiting, it was at that time, Rivals was a big thing. 24-7, yeah. I believe, yeah. was a big thing. Um, Scout.com. Scout, Scout was a big yeah. thing. So really at that time, you would, you would try to send as m much game tape as you could to those platforms. And I believe those platforms were sending off to colleges, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, yeah. I don't know that side. I knew, I knew to show up in between those <laughs> white lines <laughs> and play and show my talent yeah. because yeah. I knew what. As you can say, whatever you want online, outside the locker room, in your house, but in those between those two white lines, you can't hide who you really are. So, for me, I, I honestly let my parents handle um, that recruiting side. Once again, my process is completely different. For me, it was I. As long as I show my talent and what I can do, my athletic ability on the field, there's not going to be a football coach that's going to turn me down. The recruiting stuff is more of like entertainment for like fans. But as far as as a player personally, how your person, what is your personality like? First of all, mm -hmm. because believe it or not, if coaches don't want to deal with you every day, they're not going to recruit you. True. If they if they're not if you're not coachable they're not going to recruit you they don't want to see you it recruiting is like a relationship mm -hmm. you date you date you date you find something to you finally get that that marriage and it, it comes smooth but in those processes it's trials and tribulations so for me it was like how can I decipher myself from everyone else mm -hmm. and for me it was like okay big hits interceptions big plays. The small things, the small details of, of football. And not really – I didn't really care about the, the 40. Like, it was a big thing for me because I wanted to talk mess to you and be like, yeah, I ran a fast 40 time to you. Probably There's no not, way. Though. But for me, it was like, what did my game film look like? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, how – for example, if you were a DB, mm -hmm. how does my game tape or my film match up to yours? Now, let's all be serious. We've all seen highlight tapes, and we've all been like, dang, that guy – yeah, you can go. Yeah, he can go. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. yeah. And then you put up your game and like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I, mm. <laughs> I got some work to do. So yeah. it's just being real about yourself. But as far as recruiting, now, now it's like you're 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 your own brand. 
you're advertising yourself. Yeah. You're putting your highlight tapes out there, your game tapes, but also your camp tapes, your seven-on-seven, seven, your workouts, mm. the stuff you do outside of football, mm-hmm. community service work. There's a lot more that goes into it now, now that social media has brought in the access, just like we have a lot of access to someone in Germany. All we got to do is click on their profile. We probably know 40% of who they are before we even meet that person. That's right. right. So with us, our, our recruiting process was like, mm. We're going to show up these camps because back then coaches came to those camps. Coaches came to or recruiters came to mm-hmm. those camps. And the word it was word of mouth back then. It wasn't really like film. I mean, we had film, but it wasn't that wasn't that big of a thing yet. So for me, it's like, look, you say you're better than me. Line up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my recruiting process. Like, well, line up and show I, up. I'll jump yeah. in a little bit since being Aaron's father. Uh, the thing I'd like to share about his recruiting, he talks about it between the lines. And I, I could tell you in talking with uh, Mac Brown and Dwayne Aquina, and, you know, as I put together your film, you know, like you said, you were concerned about in between the white lines, and I had to go and find the right plays. But I remember Dwayne Aquina telling me the one play on Aaron's video that told us he was Texas good, and it had nothing to do with interceptions or speed. There was a play against Westwood. Uh, late in the game, they were losing. They didn't win many games in high school. They ran a little. They're trying to run the clock out. Fullback dive, runs up the middle. Eight guys miss tackle, and the guys take it off down the middle of the field at, 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 the, drag, at, at the palace. Aaron takes off, and instead of just making the tackle game over, he grabs the guy and punches the ball out and recovers a fumble. It's, it's 42 to whatever. But Dwayne Aquino and Mac Brown said, when we saw that play on his video, we knew that kid said – because Dwayne Aquino had already looked at his footwork. Right. He had looked at his hip fluidity, ball skills. He's, check all those boxes. Uh, but that play right there, he could have just made a play, but he made that kind of play. And to me, today they tell me all the time, that was a play we knew that he was Texas good. And so it's, right? the, it's the little things yeah. like that. Like as, if you were a head coach and you're looking for a receiver, you don't want a receiver that just – goes vertical and catches deep passes and has really good routes. Mm-hmm. You want those guys that have good routes but also can block. Even when the ball's not coming to him, yeah. even when the ball's not going to his way, you always want him to be every play 100%. Nowadays it's like I see kids so lazadaisical mm-hmm. with their play because they know, okay, if it's, if it's not going to my side, okay, I can take a rep off this play. Right, yeah. But – the great ones never take a rep off. And you've seen it. I mean, you're a great yourself. You've never taken plays off. I'm, I've taken plays off. I mean, but <laughs> I'm tired, but for the most part, your your consistency was at a high level each and every play. Yeah. And now kids are, kids are so uh, drawn to attention. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm not getting that attention, I'm going to chill. I'm going to sit back. Yeah, if, if I can't if I can't post it on my Instagram or something, yeah, you know, my huddle, it, like, then it ain't. But in actuality, it's like if you were to continue that play, maybe if you did something a little extra or continue to do your job, that play could affect something the next play. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I know for me, there's been times where I can read a receiver. Mm-hmm. If you don't get in your stance, if you get in your stance half day school, half ass, mm-hmm. you're. Not, I know one, it's a run play, <laughs> and two, it's probably not coming my way. Yeah. So those little details that, pl- like, young athletes are, are really missing nowadays. I think they're more worried about the, the viral moments, the big, the big boom, the big wow. But yeah. if you look back in all the greats' stories or how they got to where they're at, every play meant something to them. Every, even if it wasn't their particular play, even if it wasn't on their side of the ball, they were trying to make a way for them to get in the play yeah. and not just look – at the play. They're football players. At, at Like, bottom line, you was trying to be a football. You want to be yeah. a baller. Like, I want to make plays. I want to make the football play. I want to make the block, make the tackle, no matter when in or where it is or if I'm getting the ball or not. I just want to be a good football player. I think 
it's kind of transitioned to yeah the viral moment. I'm looking yeah. for the the big play as opposed just to make the regular play over and over and over again. So man, I'm with you on this. It's changed. Times have changed. It has changed. Uh, Leveraging the output versus the reward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and real ball players don't do that. No. Right. Your yeah. your your competitive spirit is who you are. Right. Yeah. And and you know one thing as an evaluator. Those little things, those little plays tell you a lot about uh, how far they're going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to reach their potential? There's so many athletes that are that love what, what football brings, mm, you know, yeah, the football. idea of being a football player. A lot of them like the recruiting process more than actually playing. Right. Yeah. You know, you got somebody calling and saying you're – you know, very, very few recruiters call and tell a player that he's not a good player, right? Mm. You got so many mm-hmm. opportunities to talk to a player and you, you want them to think – that they hung the moon, right? Uh, but what a lot of them need is that truth. That's just not that's just not the place to do it, right? Because you can't afford to lose the guy. So you're trying to do it after you get him, and then that's called de-recruiting, which is hard to do too. Yeah. Especially yeah. now with the transfer portal, trying to de-recruit somebody. Yeah. Because they can just leave if they want. Uh, yeah. But so when you see guys that have great competitive spirit and love to play the game, those guys usually succeed. Yeah. The ones that don't are the ones you worry about unless they're just so unbelievably talented. One percenters, yeah. That's right, that they can do it, show up and, and still beat everybody. The problem is a lot of guys that aren't that think they are <laughs> and that, that, ends, that yeah. ends up being Can we yeah. talk yeah. about that real quick? Because that's a new thing for me is the transfer portal. And I want players and young athletes to understand you now have two worlds of recruiting. You have, you have, it's a, it's a, for me, a double L, honestly, because – you went from being recruited against players all around the country to getting to be at a school to where you decided yeah. to where you wanted to be at to then getting comfortable to where you're at, understanding the playbook, understanding your environment, understanding your coaches, understanding your, all the aspects in your surroundings to then a little bump in the road happens where you, you're not getting as much playing time or you're not in this week's game plan. Or maybe you need to sit out here because you're not fully ready to get in the game yet. Mm-hmm. To let me remove myself from where I wanted to go to get back in yeah. a pool of 5,000 more players With that want to go at same sp- same spot I want to do. So now you just put yourself back to square one. So yeah. how do y'all feel about kids transferring a year, maybe two years? Well, I'll, I'll go for it. I, I think with this, you know, and it's something I told you when you're going through recruiting, if you handle your recruiting correctly, you m- most likely won't need the transfer portal. And, and when I say that, what I mean is this. And I tell freshmen, and Chris and I have done a lot of talks <coughs> at schools and recruiting events. I tell freshmen, plan not to play. There's a, f- a four- or five-year starter in front of you who has earned his time. Uh, I remember once again, I'll quote Mac Brown. He used to always say, seniors want to win and freshmen want to play. Yep. And those two different spectrums – sometimes prevent a team from maximizing their, the potential. I think the transfer portal to me today is uh, it, it allows for lazy recruiting. What I mean by lazy recruiting is Aaron already outlined it. I'm a player. I've recruited. I've done all my work between the lines. I've got film. I've got my social media. I've got all these offers. Boom, I choose to go to school A. What, I'm not starting right now? I'm not getting my plays? Okay, school A. I'm about to go to school B where there's already guys there. They already have a recruiting class, and I'm going to be coming and be – they're not just going to give it to me. I'm going to come in and be one of three running backs or eight DBs, whatever. And so, to me, I tell players all the time, don't look for the transfer portal as a Band-Aid. Like, do your due diligence when you're getting recruited in high school to make sure that – and, Chris, you and I have talked about this. I always say choose your school based on – if I was to stop playing football tomorrow, 
I want my degree from that school. Right. And I think a lot of kids get that mixed up. But I think the transfer portal, there's some good and bad to it, like anything. Right. Too much of it is good. But I think if, if it's not working out, and we've all, we all can tell you stories, we won't mention names about players that got stuck in the system, got on the wrong yeah. way with a coach, and the coach like, you're not playing for me, and you're not playing for nobody else. You stay in here. That player was wasted. We never heard those guys' names, even though they were great players, great student athletes. At least now it's like, hey, coach, it's just not working out. Uh, I, I thought this is my home. It's not. Not feeling comfortable here. At least that kid now has a chance to go and play somewhere else and maximize it. And, you know, Chris, you know what's about it. If you're not happy here, I'd rather have you be happy somewhere else right, right. than you be unhappy here. So yeah. I, those are just kind of my thoughts on the transfer portal. I think, there, I think every situation is different, you know, and needs to be, you know, the player that's, that's contemplating getting in the transfer portal needs to be honest with himself exactly. as long as he's honest with himself, himself and have people around him that will be honest with him truth tellers yes i think it can work out well because yeah. for every you know people always think about um joe burrow mm -hmm. right if joe burrow was still at lsu or if he was still at ohio state he wouldn't be where he is today yeah it worked out for for for, for joe yeah. but joe also plays quarterback which is a different position too right you know if, if if you're a young guy and you get passed up by or if you're an older guy you get passed up by a young guy and there might not be an opportunity for you to, you know, to, to get your job back. You know, there's only one ball, only one quarterback for the majority right. of time. So their, their situations are a little bit different. But you look at Max Dugan this year. You know, Max gets beat out. He stays on. The starter gets hurt. And next thing you know, he, he's up for the Heisman. I mean, because he stayed. Yeah. You know, so Joe left. Max stayed. You know, so, it, so there's a lot of stories, mm -hmm. you know, of, of success stories. And there's a lot of guys that are sitting in the portal. You know, and a lot of those guys are sitting in the portal because of their expectation, because they weren't true for themselves, right? right. If, if you're a, you know, if, if you're a skilled player, okay, uh, I'm going to tell you who the easiest is for a transfer, a lineman. Absolutely. Right, because yeah. there's not enough of them. Yeah. Right, everybody's looking for a lineman. Yep. Um, you know, so they've got a better chance when they get in the portal to find a home at the level they were at. Mm -hmm. uh, skill guys? Dime a dozen. Yeah, dime a dozen. Especially if a DB and receiver. Yeah, oh, if, absolutely. If you're, if you're yeah. leaving – because you weren't playing at certain school, but you think you're going to go to an equivalent school, they're mm -hmm. like, well, if you couldn't play for them, how are you going to play for me or for us? Yeah, facts. You know, yeah. so – and then and guys won't go down. Come, you, might, you might come for a different reason. You may think you're coming to start. Right. When we think you might be a, special, a, a better special that's team right. player. That's yep. right. We're, we're getting our yep. backup. We're getting our backups, our yeah. depth and our backups, because that's important, right? Yeah. The, the, so the transfer portal has has opened up a lot of things, right? For instance, depth. Yep. Right? Because let's say you're the you're the fourth receiver, prime example. Fourth receiver at Ohio State two years ago was Jameson Williams. Mm -hmm. Jameson leaves goes to, to Alabama when Alabama loses Judy, uh, you know, Ruggs, Devontae. All, uh, Devontae, all those they lose those guys. He comes in, next thing you know, he's a first rounder, right? Mm -hmm. Well, he was number four at Ohio State. He comes there. So, but here, here's the thing that, and, and so my buddy that coaches there told me the reason they took Jamison, right? He was the number four receiver at Ohio State. He's coming to Alabama. So there's no guarantee right. that he's going to be this dude, right? His special team state was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. They said at worst, we're going to get a guy because competitive at Ohio spirit. State. At Ohio State. Oh, wow. His competitive spirit was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Right? Comes back. Yeah. He comes to Alabama. He is their leading receiver. If you watch this guy on special teams, unbelievable. Mm. Mm. I mean, so when I'm evaluating him, I go to – how many receivers you ever seen get a targeting as a gunner? Come Hardly on, ever. Yeah. A first-round yeah. draft pick yeah. receiver? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
some of those instances ha happen, but for a lot of guys, I, I know I was trying to help one athlete that was a that was a power five running back. He was trying to transfer. He said, Coach, can you help me? Yes. He had no tape at his power five, hmm. right? Hmm. Well, I couldn't get some F FCS teams to look at him because he didn't have any, any tape. Yeah. Because they're trying to get the guy that does have – the guy that rushed for 400 yards and he's the number three receiver, we want that guy, not the guy that's the number three or four, four running back that has Zero no stats. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, nothing. there's – you know, every situation. I, I never understood that. Huh? I never understood why, how players think like that. Well, you want to go somewhere, but you have no physical tape to prove to that person. You need me. You need me. Well, need you ain't me. see the Instagram post? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, that one play. That one viral that one play. play. <laughs> well, well here, here's, here's the other thing. Well, it's not my fault. They're not playing me. It's always me. Yeah. their fault. They're sleeping on me. But if they were playing me, yeah. I would be doing this. Mm -hmm. My rebuttal's always, well, you know, them guys' jobs kind of on the line. So, you know, I'm, you I'm pretty sure they're going to play the best guy yeah. to go win. Yeah. You know, now there are some there. It's hard for me to say that you're a very good player, a good student, a good kid that they want to coach and you don't play. Yeah. I haven't heard that's of so well, uh, usually yeah. and there's two sides to every story. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, of course, the ones that the parents get is my son's my son does everything he's asked to do yeah. and they don't play him. Yeah. You go ask the coach it's like, no, nah, he's missed this. He's missed that. He really don't practice hard. He thinks he's a really talented guy. He doesn't put it out all the time. You know, so there's two sides to every story. But well, Coach, Chris, you know, I mean, we're as a four here, we're two coaches a coach in college. I've never heard a coach not play his best player to help him win, to <laughs> right. keep his job, right. to pay his, you know, pay for his family, right. and keep the alumni and the coaching happy. I no just, doubt, it's very, very rare. Yeah. So there's all you said. The truth is somewhere in the middle, but I, I think it's a great discussion on the transfer portal because I think a lot of high school players and college players think it's, mm -hmm. it's a party. I, I went in there, coming from school A, and boom, I upgraded to school B. Like, hey, Beyonce ain't in there. Everything's not an upgrade. Sometimes you're going to go sideways or you're going to go backwards. That's the reality of the transfer. Well, the, hard, the hardest one is for the young player, mm. right? Because here's the one thing I'll say from the coaching standpoint, right? When you have a young player that comes in and you've got an older player, the young player you know is more talented, but you don't trust him mm. yet, right? Because he don't know the trust playbook yet. That trust. You know what I mean? Like, you know, a coach – will put out a lesser athlete that yep. he trusts. Yep. You know what you're getting. You know what you're getting. Absolutely. Right? Before, and I try to explain that to, like, I go to games and people are like, well, why are they playing so-and-so? They got some. I'm like, because they don't trust him That's yet. That's right. Now, yeah. in time, he's going to pass by that guy. I've done it as a coach. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you would rather, as a coach, I hate to say it this way, but you'd rather have a player in position and not make the play and have this great athlete that busts the coverage. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's like, yeah. you know, so um, what I would tell young guys is work your butt off to learn the playbook and get your experience, and then it will take care of itself. But a lot of young kids can't do that. I'm bet Yes, you are better than Johnny, but you're, that still doesn't mean you're ready to play. Yeah. Right? There's a big difference. There's no doubt. Between being ready to play and I want to play. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Huge I mean, gap. Society right now, like, it makes you believe that you're entitled to mm. yes. to what yeah. you want right now. And it's 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 in every aspect and every genre of life and business is like it's microwave. If I I show this trait, so I deserve what the ultimate prize is for that that particular trait. That's right. And there's not you're not building all the other things that go into it, you have not put into it yet. Come and then and now you get exposed 
and now you don't have you that. You ain't got no other tools. Yeah, no, no other. You can't do anything else. What you gonna do? Yeah, and now yeah. and now like now you're in the transfer portal and nobody picks you and up. You you in the transfer portal and still ain't got no tools. Still no <laughs> tools. Still no tools. It, but it's like, do we blame the kids because I, I I think the transfer portal is good because there are situations where it just didn't work out. That you thought the depth chart was different than what it was. That was probably my only the only thing yeah. that could be like. Right. For example, the time Alabama had Jerry Judy, Adam uh, Devontae, and Rugs. Rugs. And that fourth receiver, I think Waddle. 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 He was yeah. young. He was, he was young. He didn't but he didn't leave. Right. He stood but when you have when you have a, a room like that, like for my for my case, I had Earl Thomas, I had Shockey Brown, I had Curtis Brown, and I had Blake Gideon. Even though Blake Gideon didn't go very far in the NFL, he was the the brain of yes, our he was. secondary. He was the glue. Mm. So, without any of like those, all those guys, even Blake went to the league. Mm. So the our fifth and our sixth guy, they rarely saw the field on Saturdays. If they mm. did, it's because we were up forty nine zero. Yeah. So you have to understand there are certain. What I mean is there are certain um, situations where it's like, damn, I I got studs in front of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might have to go somewhere else to show what I can do somewhere else and let them do it. But, but get Aaron, these kids need to hear. There are studs everywhere. You leave Texas and go to Alabama, they go, oh, they got studs there. Oh, they go to Auburn. They got stu- Ohio State put out a lot of great DBs. Uh, players need to understand, everywhere you go, there's going to be guys there that are grinding. But that, that goes back to what Coach was saying. You have to be truthful to yourself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> are, are, are you the perfect example? We're talking about receiver at Alabama at that time, right? Are you number five because you've got four first-rounders in front of you? Or. Or, or <laughs> you're number five, and guess what? They're recruiting some other guys yes. going to end yes. up passing you, too. Right. Yes. So, it's different. You know, and, and so that's a difference. And then when you transfer, if, if you are a talented guy, um, sometimes it just fits, right? Um, you know, uh, what's my man was at Georgia? Uh, played for the Chicago Bears, now quarterback. Uh, oh, Justin oh, Fields. Justin, yeah. mm-hmm. Justin Fields at Georgia. He leaves Georgia and goes to Ohio State. Now, people will argue all the time, right? You know, um, who's my man that was there? I'm, I'm bad when they see faces. Are, are you talking about Ohio State or? No, at, at, at Georgia. Georgia. Quarterback, uh, quarterback at Georgia at the time. Oh, Aaron. Uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Murray was it? No, Aaron Murray. that's Florida. Was um, it Bennett? Who was it? Uh, what's his Stafford? Kid from 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 I know exactly where he's from. He's from Warner Robins, Georgia. I have the picture. In see my his head. face. Yeah. See his. Well, so his NFL career, he wasn't a first round draft pick like Justin. Mm-hmm. And people go, well, well, wait a minute. They let Justin Fields leave because of this guy. Well, they trusted that guy a little bit more than Justin yeah. at the time with the, with the entire you know playbook. Yeah. I, I think you guys, it's, it's a great point here to to talk about what trust is. You know, tr- it's it's a word that we all understand. Like, hey, Aaron, yeah, I trust you. Hey, cr- for the players listening from a coaching, from a football perspective, any sport. Trust isn't just, I put you in a game, you're going to make plays. That's, that's the expectation. Right. Trust is, it's third and four, and I know that you're not going to be going, hey, what do I do here? Or you're not going to jump off sides. Right. Or you're not going to have a busted coverage. Right. If you don't show that Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. I can't trust you to put you in on Saturday right. or in high school on Friday nights. Right. I think players need to understand what, what a coach's definition of trust really is. Right. And right. then there's that player trust. I remember talking to Aaron when he played, when I played. Hey, if I didn't trust that D-tackle, like, yeah, you go keep that 300-pounder off me, right? And if I don't trust my teammates to my left, to my right, behind me, it, it, everything just goes south. So trust is as, is as big as your talent yep. uh, when it comes to playing at a high level. I mean, I think a lot of colors think, oh, no, well, you trust me, coach. When you put me in there, I'm going to make plays. 
but you don't show me you know the plays in practice. Yeah. You're always pressing coverages. You're always late to the position meetings. Like, how can I trust you when you – I think players need to understand that, that that's a big part of how coaches no define doubt. and put the word trust on players. Right. You know? and, and, you know, we, we, we're talking a lot about recruiting and, and getting people to see us in a certain light so we can get opportunities, right? But then there has to be this intrinsic thing about you that you want to be – have high character and be great mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Like, it, we're playing too much of a game of I want them to think I'm this, or I want to look like this, or I can do certain things to make myself appear to be this. There has to be, like, a – like, we got to get back to, like, the core of who we are, yeah. our, like, our bedrock character. If the way I do one thing is the way I do everything. The way I treat my homework, the way I yeah. – take care of myself, the way I talk to people, the way I treat women, the way whatever I'm doing mm-hmm. has to be consistent. Like, so that's trust. You want to earn trust with a coach? Like, show them that you are a real solid human being, yep. that you are kind, you care about other people. Then they can trust you to, you know, you can run them linebacker meeting, and now they're going to put you on the field first because they trust you. It goes, it goes back to, to what Ed Reed – I'm going back to what Ed Reed said. When Ed Reed was in Baltimore – the year they won the, the year they won the Super Bowl. In that offseason, uh, Ed Reed shared a story that we they had there was a time where guys would just throw trash like throw like you're throwing trash away in a bucket like you're throwing like you're shooting hoops and they would miss it and they would just leave the trash on the mm-hmm. floor and mm-hmm. because you know and for those that don't know in NFL locker rooms they have guys that come in and clean the locker room. Yeah. And it was like if you're not willing to do the little things by just keeping this locker room clean or doing the little things like being on time to meetings, you can forget about what you're doing on Saturdays, mm-hmm. Fridays, Saturdays, yeah. or Sundays. Because yeah. Yeah. if you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to do anything else. At that point, you're being selfish and saying, someone else got it. Yep. Yep. I don't got to do it. Yep. And when you do that, then you start having miscues, and that trust has now been at like, hmm, I don't know if I can. Yeah. It may be trash to him. But for me, a guy who's a safety who runs the defense on that, the back 11, it's like he didn't pick up the trash. He didn't – he was disrespectful to the, the training mm-hmm. staff, which goes a long way, by the way. Yeah. Uh, doesn't know his assignments. I don't – coach, I don't know if I can – expect me, you're not embarrassing me on tape. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. what happens on there, is especially a guy who's a leader and runs a defense – What's being put out there? They're gonna be like, "Damn, who's the, who's captain on that team?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're gonna look at me and be like, and "Oh, or he leaves leave you out to dry. Oh, yeah. Like you're supposed to rotate you put, down, no, and then yeah. Yeah, like yeah. And then you leave you on the island by yourself." It's the little things that are at, young athletes are forgetting. It's not about the big wow. It's not what everyone sees. It's I see, I I've seen Fred Jackson, I've seen Fred Jackson and Chris Hogan. By the way, Chris Hogan was undrafted lacrosse player mm-hmm. was a special teams guru, guru yeah. had a shot because of injuries and became a role player as a receiver ready for his opportunity 7-11 hoagie Always to open. win two super bowls yeah. Yeah. so it's everything is not on your time everything is That's bumps good. bruises less right sports is like life and i want every athlete to understand this they're there has been one team since the NFL has been created that has done undefeated, and that was the 1972 Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins yeah. mm-hmm. One team, in this league's been 56 yeah. coming up now. 50, 
yeah, Super Bowl 56 coming up. Yeah. So when 50 years, one one team has been perfect. Yeah. What is it? I'm going to say when they combine the two. Yeah, right. yeah. at the merger. At the so it's like there's never been a time where things are just like yeah. skyrocket the whole way. There's going to be times where just like Philadelphia went 13 straight or something like that, and they finally lost two games at the end and almost lost their number one seed. So it's not – they didn't deter- – that didn't deteriorate them. They kept going. Yeah. And I want athletes to understand, regardless if you feel like you're on the right path, as long as you feel like I'm doing everything I can mm-hmm. to sustain where I need to be at in this yeah. team, there's nothing for you to be ashamed about or be down on yourself about because you've done everything you've done. Mm-hmm. Now, it'd be different if you're not doing everything you're doing and then you're mm-hmm. like, well, why isn't mm-hmm. – well, because – not doing this, 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 and that. Yeah. There, there's Little things. There's usually a correlation between your personal character and your football mm. character. Mm-hmm. Like your like Facts. your personal character will bleed into your your, yes, it your will. what you do on the field. You know, if, if you're a person that's not very detailed in life, you're probably not very detailed in yeah. football. If if you're not very urgent in life, you're probably not very urgent when it comes to football. Mm. You that's know, um, and if you're not, it's not to say that you can't get to correct. That. Correct. Yeah. It's a decision you make, yes. especially if if you're observant and you're watching people. When people make the connection between the two is usually when it works, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when players are young, and they usually they usually start learning that as the the, the level of football increases, you know, or or or, uh, or the level becomes better. Like mm-hmm. so, when you're in, when you're in middle school and you're the best athlete, you you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> you <do> <laughs> Right. When, <laughs> you know, when and, and what's funny is if you if you just track athletes, you can start seeing where they just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, guys were unbelievable in Pop Warner. Then they get to middle school. and You're like, well, what kind of happened to that guy? You know, they were unbelievable in middle school. They get to high school. You're like, well, what happened to that guy? And then you see this one guy that was really good in Pop Warner, really good in middle school, really good in high school. And then they get to college and continue, you know, or they stop there. Mm-hmm. You can kind of start seeing where things start leveling off. And then it's what do you bring to the table then? Yeah. Because now it's not height, weight, and speed, yeah. right? Everyone it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone right. got that at you know, that point. And at some point, all of that kind of levels off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for, you know, for some people, it's at different levels, but it levels off. And then what do you have? It's like Larry Fitzgerald, right? Larry Fitzgerald has had or had that he's retired now, but had that long career 20? as long as he did. Almost. And he made the transition from being an outside guy once he got mm-hmm. older because he didn't have the same juice he had when he was young to being a savvy inside right route yeah. run and, and put five to six more years on his career. Yeah. You know, you look at MJ, right, Michael Jordan. You know, once he wasn't – I can, I, can nev- I can never imagine him not playing above the rim, yeah. but once it started to kind of even mm-hmm. out, then his mid-range game just started taking over, right, that, so he could still con- score. Yeah. That Wizards MJ, huh? No LeBron James. So, you know, well, what else can you do? Right, and, and that's what athletes have to understand, especially you know this, we're talking about skill guys, right? Like, you know, if you're a receiver, that's six foot, one ninety five, run a four four, there's a bunch of those there's guys out there, them. right? So like, what separates you? Route running, not just going out there being a good athlete, attention to detail, your work ethic, how you read coverages, how you understand things, mm-hmm. um, you know, those things start to separate you when you're you know, the the higher up in football you go. And a yeah. lot of that comes back down to your personal character as far as work ethic, you know, and, and how you go about your business. You know, we've talked to a lot of high school athletes, and I can hear them now. I'm sh- sure our phones are blowing up. That's not me, coach. 
No, I think a lot of athletes think I'm a flip a switch Thursday and I'll be ready on Friday. <laughs> right. And I think for all the players who hear this, there is no flipping a switch. Right. There's no flipping a switch like you just said earlier from being from not being urgent to I'm going to flip my switch and be urgent. Right. You got to be like that consistently. If there's one thing you can change right now to impact your play on the field between the white lines and your recruiting is have that switch always be on. Always yep. on. Yep. You know, always on 10. You know, and I think a lot of kids, ah, it's Wednesday. I'm going to go through the motions. And, you know, I'll take, I, I've seen a lot of great players at Aaron play with the Texans. A lot of kids I know through the All-American game and everything, I'll be great this one play. I'm going to take the next couple plays off. Oh, the next play, I'll be great. I, when you want to get to the highest level, especially the level that Brad and Aaron played at and the level that you are, that's not an option. Yeah. There is no taking plays off. I know it sounds cliche, like, oh, I play every – you ain't going to play 100%, but you're giving maximum effort. And we just saw that in the Niner game with his Cowboys right now. There are some guys who, who didn't make a stat play but they force it because they're just their, – their energy, their yeah. motor, they were forcing things to happen. I think young players need to understand that uh, overall. But I want to kind of jump into you because we talked about Aaron's experience as DB. You were a quarterback that also played receiver. Very, very rare at the highest levels are you able to be like, uh, like Slash back in the day. Talk, talk to us a little bit about you know, all the things we're talking now, but now two positions. How did you play quarterback in Missouri and then get to the pros and be like, hey, he's a, such a great athlete. Let's put him outside and put up receiver. I mean, what was, what was that like? Man – uh, early on, it was hard. Um, just from a little kid, you know, I played – I was a quarterback. Mm -hmm. you know, I always played quarterback. And that was just, like, something I held on to, you know, being an African-American African quarterback. Like, I I loved it. I took a lot of pride in it. Like, and it meant a lot to me. So, you know, going through high school, was not heavily recruited. Um, one of my coaches at Toledo decided to go to Missouri. He was recruiting me at Toledo, like, barely. And then they were like, you want to come? I'm like, who do you play against? Who was like, that? What coach was Gary that? Pinkle? Yeah. Yeah, Gary, Coach Pinkle, man. Yeah. Hall of Famer now. Um, but they were like, we play like Oklahoma, Texas. I'm like, all right, I want to go there. And I want to play against Did you even really know good what, people. what conference Missouri no, I didn't know. I did not know where Missouri was on a map. <laughs> I did not know where. But Brad, tell them where you're from. People don't I'm know. from Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah. That makes sense. That's why I asked. That makes sense now. Toledo's recruiting you. That yeah, staff. Toledo, bit. Yeah. I just put the connection together. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Yeah. So on my recruiting visit to Missouri, I had an Ohio State coat on. <laughs> I had no. I, I didn't have. No. I did not have another coat. I had got a new coat for Christmas. It was like a little pleather, leather, uh, <laughs> pleather Ohio State jacket. My mom got me. I loved it. And so I wore it. When my mom and I went. And they were like, why you got that on? And she was like, you going to give him another coat? <laughs> right. And they were like, nope. She's like, we going to keep that one on. Like, no, that would have been a good tactic, though. No. Oh, yeah. You like, think about it. Yeah. Why does he have that on? Oh, just, just left the visit yeah. at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. No, could have. but Could have. <laughs> anyway, so did that and then got recruited there. Um, and I'm blessed to be able to play there for four years. But um, the draft day comes and – or all my pre-draft workouts, I was playing quarterback. Throwing like the Jets – uh, came and throwing. He like threw a punt up one time, and I caught it. And that was it. And so going to draft, and these teams are calling. Oh, we're gonna take you with this pick in the second round, and we're gonna play quarterback. And then the next one, third round, we're gonna do this. And the Jets call on the fourth. They're like, you gonna come and play whatever we tell you to do, and we're gonna take you. I'm like, okay. Right. And I was like, you can't say no. Right. Um. So I'm like, I just at that point I was like, it hurt because it's like I knew what I felt like I was able to do. Like, I knew mm -hmm. I, I think I could succeed in the league with this. But get there, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, I would go half the practice at quarterback, half the practice at wow. receiver. And my first week, I think I almost died, like, because I never ran that much. <laughs> like, it's a different running. I'm telling y'all, 
It's a different role. Tell them how a practice is. Oh, my gosh. Like, Especially if you are a practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. But even backups. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean. Like you're running nonstop from from moment that time starts to the last rep of that yeah. whistle. You are, you are running. And as a receiver, like, there's – it's a track meet every practice. Every and practice. practices were harder than the games. Yep. Uh, especially Coach Mangini with the Jets his first year. He was like – it was like – boot camp was military like and so just running and I was like man I don't know if I can do this I don't know if I want to do it um they just found a way and I was never I started receiver some years other years I was you know playing quarterback and did you ever play receiver or you just yeah you play receiver. oh you did okay yeah I played receiver and then I would you know go and play quarterback sometimes and the thing was like I would try to find a way to bring value to the team so like I can be the third quarterback Yep, I can be the number three receiver, number two at times. I could. I Wait, could, your ego wasn't hurt when you uh, knew what? you had to be a third at that point. <laughs> I just wanted to be a football player. Right? Yeah, I wanted to play, and I and now I, I look back and I was like, I don't know if I would have traded just being a straight up quarterback. Now I know I feel like I can have some success with it. Don't get me don't get it wrong, but the the stuff I learned about the game, I learned about special teams, I learned about uh, how to block punts. I learned how to how to set the wedge or or trap blocking on mm-hmm. on trap to five on kickoff returns. Mm-hmm. I learned, you know, uh, blocking Michael Strahan on a cut block, trying to you know what not to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned how to you know throw the ball on time. I, I learned all those things from just being willing. It comes down to that the personal character. Like I yep. just want to play the game yeah. and I just want to win. Yeah. Was it hard? Yes. Am I this in my mind? Yeah. I want to – what can I do to help the team? Yeah. Now, Brad, it's a great point because, you know, a lot of players I talk to and I've been, re- you know, advising players for God, 35 years in recruiting, mm-hmm. do as many great things you can on a football field. Yeah. Because if, if school A comes and says, hey, Aaron Williams, we want you to play cornerback, and you say, hey, coach, I want to play receiver, well, then they're going to move on. Yeah. The more things you can do great at different positions makes you more recruitable. Yeah. But the minute you tell coach – and I think they always tell kids the answer. If a, kid, if a coach asks you, hey, bro, Brad, what do you play? He said, coach, I'm a football player. And if you're paying for my education, I'll play whatever you want me yeah. to play. But these kids nowadays, the little bit of entitlement we talked about earlier, said, coach, come on now, I'm a well, four-star he, quarterback. He, 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 here's the thing I'll, I'll say too, Brad, that, you know, the, the other side of it. So, so when the Jets decided to take you mm-hmm. uh, in that role, I can guarantee that conversations that they had with uh, the coaching staff and, and support staff at Missouri was – is he willing to look at another position? Mm-hmm. Is he tough enough to play on special teams? Mm. Right, because if if they took you in the fourth, okay, they were looking at you in a role where, you know, this guy could develop into a starter, but we could also have a lot of roles for him, right? Mm. And those roles include special teams, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if you're not one of the top three receivers, oh, yeah. you're going to play special, you're gonna play special teams. If you're not so, – so think about, you know, and again, this is this – is, this really speaks well of you, right? So you brought great value to him because you could be the third quarterback mm-hmm. while having another role. A lot of third quarterbacks hold a clipboard. That's it. And mm-hmm. some of them don't travel, right, because you're traveling two quarterbacks or, mm-hmm. you know, or what have you. But, you know, here's the great value. We got a third quarterback. We got a guy that can play special teams. He can also be our fourth receiver, fourth or fifth receiver. So the value to make the, make <coughs> the bus 
was really good, and you helped expand the roster, right? That you can only, you know, you you've only got fifty three. Yeah. But when you got a guy that can do those different things, four players in one. That, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, that frees you up to do some other things mm-hmm. to carry somebody else yeah. at a different position. So so that brings a lot of value. But number one, they had to know that you were tough enough to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the special teams had to be just like you said, uh, you know, doubling a five as a return guy, right? There ain't many quarterbacks that can do that, <laughs> right? So that, that's – I mean, you, th- you think about quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in college. How many of those guys can go be a four, a three or four on kickoff? Bro. Go how double many can a, do special teams in general? That, that's in what general, I mean, to yeah. have the mindset to yeah. do it, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to handle everything mentally. So, if, if, if you know, that's another question that they had to have asked, uh, you know, hey, we're, we're th- thinking about using this guy in a dual role. Can he handle it mentally? Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of – what they had to find out about you mm-hmm. had to do with not the football player, but who you were as the person to make that investment mm. to to project that you were going to be able to come do these things, right? And they had to find they had to feel confident enough to say, yeah. Well, what what, what guys don't understand too is that all those draft picks are valuable. Mm-hmm. Like like teams only have seven to eight of those a year. You know, you know, you're not sign. You you it's not like college. You're not getting twenty five guys. Right. You know, so you're trying to change your roster with seven to eight picks, right? So sometimes less. Sometimes less, yeah, depending yeah. on if you trade it out or yeah. if, you, if you, if you know. Those things are like so. The decision making that goes into those decision, you know, those picks. I mean, there, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and and, and for a guy in your position to play that role, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of work done to see who this person is. Not just a football player, yeah. You know, so so you know that that's that speaks a lot about what the people at what you did to have the people at Missouri speak the way you did because it wasn't you telling them, hey, I can do this, 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 and this. Wow. It was the coaching staff at Missouri and the people around saying, you know what, because of Brad being around us, we can tell you he can do this, 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 and this. You know, so those other people advocated for you based on what you did. Now, if you come, if if you would have come and they didn't like you. Yeah. The way you work, if you weren't a worker, if you weren't a guy that they could say, you know, can handle all this in a new playbook and be a guy that can cover mm-hmm. special teams, you wouldn't have had that opportunity. But obviously, you showed that, and they advocated for you to make that for the just to make that decision. Yeah, oh man. So well, let's let's call an audible real quick as we finish up. You know, we're in we're in the spring right now, and uh, high school high school players are hopefully going to play a second sport. Uh, I know K- Coach Chris and you and I have always talked about, you know, if you're not running track, if you're not competing, that's something. Mm-hmm. Year-round training sounds good. I, but I'd love to hear from two guys who just got done. I mean, uh, you know, Aaron, when I raised him, it was like he was, you know, he was a four-sport athlete, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and track at the same time. And the coaches at his high school, they worked out because he was an athlete. But I think, you know, I talked to a lot of coaches like you, Chris, like we want to see a kid playing another sport, competing, building other drills, using other skills, things like that. I mean, Aaron, talk, talk a little bit about kind of how you looked at offseason in high school when you were being recruited. Well, for me, I never really had an offseason because my offseason, after the last play of football, I went right into basketball. Yep. The last play of basketball, well, not really last play, but halfway in between the basketball season, I had to do baseball and then baseball track. Yep. So I didn't really have an offseason, but for me – I looked at each sport as a helping tool for me to be better at my main sport. Yeah. So basketball was a work on my defense. My, I'm a corner safety nickel. So all my movements are lateral. Mm-hmm. So basketball was the thing for me. Well, my off season was I can 
I'm going to guard at the best point guard that week. I'm probably the most athletic on my team, so I got to guard the best guy. Mm -hmm. So for that right there, I'm working my hips, my footwork, great. Baseball, I'm center field, hand-eye coordination. When that ball flies, can you direct yourself? Can you manage to pinpoint the ball, high point the ball, locate the ball, all that in one? That's my covering safety, high point the ball at corner. That's, that was for that. And obviously track, track was for speed, my endurance, and, and my conditioning to help me when it's fourth quarter and I've been on this eighth drive and it's play 15 and we're now in the red zone and I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So each one of those things was my perception of offseason because for me, I didn't just put myself in a box. One, because if football didn't work out, basketball and baseball and track better work out. So <laughs> what was the fourth sport? Football, football basketball, basketball, baseball, baseball track. track. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but for all those, it was it was just I didn't have the ability to, okay, football is over with. This is my off season. In the morning after school, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do ladders or I'm going to do backpedal. I didn't have the opportunity. So for me, it was, okay, I have to do basketball, but, okay, defense, this is going to help me in my football. I really need to focus on covering the best guy. I can't not cover the best guy because I know this is going to translate to this. So if you find every sport is a translation to, to other sports, yeah. you just got to understand, once again, who you are as a player, knowing what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are. For me, my I was fast, but I wasn't Tyreek Hill fast. I wasn't mm -hmm. Waddle fast. My speed was top. My top speed was, like, down after 40 yards. Yeah. My first 20, 40 yards, trash. So what I do, put myself in the 60-yard dash, the 100-meter-yard dash, and the 200-yard dash just so I can get – my my explosiveness out that'll help me be faster on on the on the football field so if that was for me and now other players when you have time to you have a lot of downtime to make a schedule for yourself there needs to be times each and every day that you're working on something whether that be backpedal three cone drill catching the ball jugs for an hour um uh ladder drills whatever it may be it needs to be something that's going to translate you for your season, yeah. not necessarily what my next door neighbor uh, is daughter's looking at or sister, whoever is looking at. Oh, and she thinks, oh, my outfit was looking good that day <laughs> for, my, for my Instagram post. Yeah. Bro, like, like I hear you say all the things that you you achieved from the other sports. And one of the, the main things I hear is like being a competitor. Like Got to. You, you were training yourself to be a competitor in yeah, different ways. For sure. Like that translate, like a lot of these coaches like to see you play other sports to see what type of competitor you are. Mm -hmm. Not just if you're good at basketball. I mean, you see in your athleticism, it's like, oh, is he guarding the best guy? How does he move? It? How, is, he, is he giving up? Like, or is he going hard when he runs track? Like, it's all about competition. All about it. All right, so like you got to fall in love with the – the game, whatever it the is, process the of process of, of competing, yeah. like, because that's ultimately what this thing is about. Like, Absolutely. we lining up on Sunday, it's like, do I win my individual matchups, and do I got enough dog in me, enough heart to get it done? If you yeah. got an athlete, good athlete with heart, I'll that's take that. I'll right take there. that over a great athlete with no heart. Yeah, yeah. you oh. know, as a recruiter, you know, we looked at that. You know, I remember back in the day. You know your your quarterback that you recruit that you recruited, 
was a starting point guard on the basketball team, mm-hmm. pitcher uh, was baseball. pitcher on baseball, yeah. you know, or outfielder. Your receiver either played baseball or basketball. You know, your meatheads, your linebackers, either wrestling and weightlifting through the shot put. Yep. And, you know, yeah. um, the thing that's changed a little bit um, is that the the, um, the the what do they call it, Anthony? When when you start to uh, to to work on one specialized. Sport. specialized the specialization of sports at all the sports has kind of affected depending on where you are right mm-hmm. so let's say um, there's a few athletes depending on what school you're at that can come off of one sport and be the starter in another sport mm-hmm. right but let's say you let's say I'll give you a perfect example um, a really good high school basketball program mm-hmm that their basketball players specialize in, it's going to be hard for a guy from the football team mm-hmm. to walk off the football field and then and be the starting sure. point guard when because of specialization, this guy been playing basketball and pick up all year long, yeah. right? So I think sometimes where you are, you know, what school you're at, what you're doing, you know, because there are some guys. Now, the guys that can do that are probably all going to the majors. I mean, going to go to the big schools, mm-hmm. right, because right. they can do that. But as as – as some of the athletic ability goes down a little bit and then you put the specialization to other sports, like baseball. Like, you know, some of these cats are specializing in baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got to go compete with them to be one of the, you know, one of the guys and you're coming off of playing, you know. It, it's so different now because of specialization that it's kind of affected yeah. a little bit of a guy being able to do that because of the other sports specializing in things. And then you're trying to come from football to go be on the basketball team. And that whole that whole squad specializing. They've been playing basketball and pickup all year while you're tackling people. They've been doing layups and off season and going. Now you come out unless you're just the like, unbelievable. It's hard for you to break on a good basketball team. Yeah. You know, break so, you know, now what do you do if that happens? Well, those are discussions that we'd have in recruiting, like you know, well, why isn't he playing on a basketball teams? Like, well, have you seen their top? They're they're they're, they're five. <laughs> right. You know, he ain't cracking that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, so what is he doing? You know, we don't want him. You know, laying on the couch eating, you know, potato chips and drinking Kool Aid. Yeah. You know, well, is he? You know, on the weightlifting team? You know, mm-hmm. is he wrestling? Even if he ain't a good wrestler, is he going out there to compete? Yep. Like I used to love to to recruit wrestlers. Right, I was a wrestler in high school, so it told me a lot about the guy. Right, because the one thing about wrestling. There ain't nobody else when you when you get your butt beat. <laughs> there ain't nobody else. Know. It ain't nobody else's fault <laughs> but yours. Right. You know, and if you're really good, then it tells you all you need to know about a guy because yeah. uh, he's gonna be conditioned. He's gonna be detailed. He's gonna be tough. He's gonna be you know a worker. You know, so you know you can all you know. It, it's crazy when you recruit guys because by the different sports they play, you can get some things. Like you said, middle. Uh, uh, you said you were a uh, middle uh, center fielder. Uh, center fielder. Ball skills, tracking a ball. Yep. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's so many things that you can tell from this other sports that guys play, you know, what kind of what kind of traits they're going to bring yeah. to you. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. Just and well, before we – because I know we're getting a little long on the topic, but also young athletes need to know that doing other sports than just the main sport that you do, it keeps you busy. Yeah. Yeah. Especially nowadays, you can get so distracted. If you don't have a, a something that's keeping you occupied and – and always moving and always training and always staying focused. That's why also my parents want me to do multiple sports. Because if I had downtime, that's bad things I'm happen. going to party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out with my friends, probably get into some things I'm probably not even supposed to be in. One little mistake. You know, I've seen it all the time, yeah. no doubt. 
one little mistake because mm -hmm. they went out and they had this so much time on their hands and they got bored and that one thing that they wish they could take back, I'm telling you, can affect a lot of the things. So that was another reason why I think athletes should – and it keeps you competitive. Like, well, there's only so much you can do training. Yeah. There's only so much 40s and, and how many times I could do 225. Yeah. If you're not competing with another person next to you, that competitiveness, in my person being, I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm going to compare it to the day I die. Mm -hmm. So, But if I'm not practicing what I'm going to continue to do on – those special days, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, and it's like, what? I'm just doing it as a hobby at this point. Yeah. And if that's the case, that's fine. But just know <laughs> the things that you want are not going to happen because you're, you're not as focused and you're not as driven as, as the guys that aren't as talented or the ones that are even talented. The ones that are talented are the ones you got to worry about too, especially if they're driven, oh, focused. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat yeah. those ones. Yep. Yep. So, well, all the, a lot of the kids I talk with uh, in recruiting, you know, I've asked them, you know, what kind of competitive spirit do you have? Oh, coach, I hate losing. Competitive, your, your competitive nature really has nothing to do with that. Because mm. you're going to take some L's. You're going yeah. to. But to me, when you play other sports and you're not as good at it, there's, there's the kid who's like, well, I'm going to play and, you know, I mean, I'm not going to win the wrestling meet or I'm not going to win the 100, so I'm just kind of out there. Compared to the kids like, oh, I never played a sport before, but I'm going to dominate that. Mm -hmm. I know specifically because all four of my kids are that way. I think kids need to understand that when you have a true competitive spirit, you love to compete. Yep. And I'll quote, once again, Aaron's coach from back in the day at Texas, Dwayne Aquina. He was telling me Michael Huff wasn't a great DB in the fact as far as footwork being physical. So he loved to compete, though. Yep. And if you've got guys, and I'm sure I want to hear your comments, and we'll close. But if, if you have players that just love to compete, you can teach those guys. Coach those guys no do anything. Run through a wall for you. Because they don't lose. Yes. Whatever you tell them. And what usually happens is, you know, those guys are really competitive. The way you get them is they figure out, well, I can just I – can, I can will myself to do it. And then when they can't, they come back to you. And when you give them that nugget that gets them over the top, mm -hmm. it's like, well, give me some more. Yep. Give yep. me some more. You know, if they're competitive, it just keeps them going. Yeah. You know, but that, that's and, – and the most talented guy that's not competitive never reaches their, their potential either. You know, because of what you said, you're going to take some L's. Mm -hmm. How you handle how that – you handle it. That's one of the biggest questions we ask is how do they handle adversity. We yeah. want to know at the combine, what's the biggest adversity you've ever had to overcome? Mm -hmm. what, what have you had to deal with? Because for a lot of them, too, that are, are getting looked at, whether it's recruiting or getting drafted, you know, they're, they're a special athlete. So for a lot of them, it, they haven't hit a lot of adversity, right, because it's just been better than everybody, you know. So then you kind of want to know if they've had anything they've had to fight through because when you get to wherever you're going to be, if you're a high school guy that gets to college or a college guy that gets to the NFL, you're going to hit some adversity. Yeah. And how you handle that is going to determine hmm. everything. Yeah. You know, how well, you how you handle I, I think our next episode we could talk. I know Brad's probably got some stories about adversity in training camp. I know Aaron has Sheesh. has some <laughs> from Sheesh. that second year. I got a lot. Y'all <laughs> think my role is easy. Hey, uh, but, yeah. hey, I want to thank all the everybody out there, all the subscribers and listeners to our podcast. Uh, here we're just chopping it up. Uh, hopefully you got some value from it. Uh, we really enjoy this. This is kind of going to be kind of the – the common thread of our podcast, just ch chopping up different topics and hopefully you finding nuggets to help uh, these student athletes and coaches better understand how to, you know, you know, to create more organic relationships in recruiting and in business. And more importantly, which we'll talk about in later episodes about transitioning when, when the game's done with you or you're done with the game, how do I use that same skill set to be successful in life when I'm not playing that sport anymore? So I want to th thank all the people for listening. Uh, hook us, look us up on, uh, on the website. Our website is uh, connectedathletics.org. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, uh, and on YouTube. So you, uh, please subscribe and come back and check us out, and we'll look forward to talking to you on our next episode. Thanks a lot.